Hey guys, when we get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, it's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Can you guys find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcast? We're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. All right, so this podcast, I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> I know I say that all the time, and I'm going to keep saying I know I say that all the time, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. So it's I'm so excited to study this stuff. Um, because it's so prevalent and relevant for me, uh, but also, uh, you know, for those that I'm trying to help. And it's, it's just, it's a great thing that we can get together and kind of walk through it and have a conversation and study scripture together. So just kind of a disclaimer before we, uh, before we go in, this is also going to be another one of those podcasts where it's not necessarily uh, organized. It's almost as if you're here in the office with me, you're here in the studio with me, you're here at my place we're outside, we're, we're studying. This is kind of my process um, as I look through things and study through scripture. So I, I kind of wanted to keep it, um, you know, study style, conversational style as it's always been, but this is kind of keeps it as almost if it's very live. So it's, it's almost like you're here with me. So um, it's going to be another one of those just, just to let you know. Okay. So here's our topic of what we're talking about today. Um, our topic is are you tired of getting it wrong? All right. Are you tired of getting it wrong? Now, what does that mean? Have you ever felt like, uh, you know, as we're journeying, as we're growing, as we're trying to get better with God, have you ever felt like, um, ever felt like this? There's two sides to this story. There's two sides. Here's one side. You're trying to do what's best you're trying to grow, you're trying to walk in humility with God, you're trying to help people, you're trying to help yourself, you're trying to help those that are around you, all these things that you're trying to do, and they're all very, very good things. But for some reason, you feel like with God, it's not enough, or you feel like you're lacking something, or you feel like you're you're doing what's right, but it's almost like you're you're not giving enough. Does that make sense? And sometimes we we can do that. You know, you could be doing the right things for your friends. You could be doing the right things for your job, for the people in your life. But sometimes even those things can make you feel like, man, I'm still not doing enough. And you're doing exactly what you need to be doing. So in that instance, are you tired of getting it wrong, even though you're trying to do what's right? But then on the flip side of the spectrum, you could be in a place where maybe you're somewhere that's that's a kind of a dark hole. You haven't got things right. You've got a lot of questions. Things are things are difficult. Things are hard. You know, you know you need to be doing better. But here's the catch for you. Even though you're in this spot, even if you could come back to God, even if you could come back, he really wouldn't want you. He really wouldn't want you because of how you've been living, about what you've been doing, about how you've been going about your life, how you totally dismissed him from your life. So even if you could come back, would he really take you? Would he really, really accept you back? Or just like everybody else in your life, you've done things up to a point and you weren't really accepted, so you're just on your own like you are right now listening to this podcast. So here's here's why we want to do this topic of are you tired of getting it wrong? Because the reason why we ask that question are we tired of getting it wrong? Before we get to what we want to look at in our text, 
the reason why we ask that question is what we tend to do, and myself included, and I hope that you can relate to this, and I think you can. What we tend to do is we put our human attributes and our human reactions, and we put those human reactions and attributes to God. So let's let's take the first spectrum that we talked about. So if we're doing all these things right at your job, if you're doing all these things right with people in your life, if you're trying to do all these things right and you are literally killing yourself to do things the right way for the people and your job and for all these things around you, you could be doing all those things correctly. But sometimes those people and sometimes your job and other things still make you feel like it's not enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm appreciative of what you're doing. I'm not going to say I don't appreciate it, but you could be doing more. Actually, I appreciate what you gave me, but I need more from you. So even when you're doing the right things, those things and people around you can drain you because they don't know the sacrifices that you're making to even do what you're doing, but they only see one side. So now we put our human attributes on God And sometimes with God, that's why you have this invisible feeling of guilt, even if you're doing the right things, because people in your life, as you've been doing the right things, they're saying it's not enough somehow. So for some reason, maybe you feel like even by doing the right things, man, it's still not enough for God. So I should be doing more. It's still not enough. It's still not enough. It's still not enough. Still not enough. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you could be living wrong, be doing the wrong things. And then when you when you live like that, then those people that are around you, they want nothing to do with you anymore. They, they don't talk to you anymore. Now you're down this dark hole now. So now if you come back to God, what do you think he's going to do? God's just going to do what everybody else did. They'll accept me when I come back. But the first sign I do something wrong, the first sign I do something that they don't want me to do, they're just going to throw me out. So why would I take the time? to start over with God from square one when I know I'm not perfect and I'm going to get it wrong. So when I get it wrong, then God's going to kick me out like everybody else in my life has kicked me out. So on either side of the spectrum, are you tired of getting it wrong? And I've had some conversations recently and I've heard it from both sides. Literally, I've heard it from both sides. So now sometimes both sides, we feel like you're stuck in this dead zone here. So now what are we supposed to be doing? So I want you to look at this because as we look at this, I want to look at things not from a human perspective of God. I want to look at things from how God wants us to see him. And then maybe this will answer that question that we have in our podcast today. Are you tired of getting wrong no matter where you are right now in your life? Maybe this can help answer that question. All right. So I want to look at this. Look at uh, Psalm 78. Psalm chapter 78. This is, a, this is a great psalm, and this is so long, so we're not going to have time to really go through and look at everything here, but there's just there's so many little golden nuggets here as we look at this, but I want you to look at some things in, the, in this psalm. So as we kind of walk through this, the children of Israel, God is showing how much he loved them through those wilderness years, right? And so as, as the psalmist writer is writing Psalms chapter 78, he's talking about how he provided for them, how he loved them, how he, he gave them Moses, all these things. He gave them food in the wilderness, protection, all these things that God had provided. And so I want you to look at verse number 29 of Psalm 78 as we walk through. 
Verse 29, now they're talking about the eating portion. So they ate, and as they ate, they were well filled, for he gave them their own desire. And they were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them, and he slew the fattest of them and smote them down, the chosen men of Israel. For all this they sinned still. So now he's he's building this foundation and this idea that they just kept getting it wrong. They just kept getting it wrong. They just kept getting it wrong. You feel like that? Even if you're doing right and even if you're doing wrong with your relationship with God, you can do, man, I just, I just keep getting it wrong. It's almost like, you know, like I say before in previous podcasts, my mind works a little bit differently, okay? But this is how I view this. Sometimes you can view your your life and your spiritual life as this board game. And you know those board games, the ones I hate to play. Oh, man, I hate these. And if we have game nights or whatever, and you see, this is why. You know, I hate the ones where you work so hard and you move up and you roll the dice and you move up and, and one pull of a card, then you're back to square one. So now that's how we feel like God thinks our relationship with him is. So let's say you got 30 days and let's say the previous 30 days, you haven't been doing things right. You failed him. You haven't been doing things the way that he wants you to do it. So now you you come back to him. You repent. All right. Day one, I'm doing things great. Day two, great. Day three, great. Day four, great. Day five, you fail. So in your mind, where do you think you are with God now? I'm not on day five or day six. I'm all the way back to day one. So then you go up to day five again. You fail. I'm back to day one when you should be on day 10. You see how we how we do things with God? So our human attribute is when we fail, we got to start right back at square one and we got to build up. So basically how we treat God is how we treat each other. So basically we think God thinks that I'm just I'm just good as my best day. So even on my worst days, he hates me. He's shunned me. He's taken me to the side. He doesn't pursue me and love me anymore. Because guess what? That's what we do as people. That's what we do to each other. So then we put our human attributes upon God. But now notice what they're doing here in Psalm 78. They keep getting it wrong. They sin still, verse 32 says. But then if you jump down, look at verse 37. For their heart was not right with him. Does that describe you and me as we're walking through this and looking at this? Is your heart truly not right with him? And they were, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But now watch what he did, verse 38. But he, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, and he destroyed them not, Yes, many times he turned his anger away and he did not stir up his wrath. We have this image. And sometimes it's so easy for me and for you to have this image of God to where all these things are happening and you know you need to run back to him. You know you need to trust him no matter where, what side of the spectrum that you're on. But for some reason, you just feel like even if I came back to God by doing all the right things, and even if I came back to God as I'm doing all the wrong things, I really wouldn't be accepted. 
I really wouldn't be accepted. So what's the point of going through this process of succeeding and failing, succeeding and failing, succeeding and failing? So what we do as humans, I'm just going to pick one. So I'm just going to keep failing because I don't want to keep going with this roller coaster with God. And sometimes we think it's not fair. But as we as we look at this, notice God is full of compassion. It's not a, it's not a system to where you start on day one and then you go to day five and you fail again and you go to day one again with him. And I think that's the mindset that we get into. And that's why we, we make ourselves fail. Think about this for a minute. I was thinking about this this morning. Think about David. And, and you wonder why. Why is David in Scripture? Obviously, David was a shepherd. David was a king. But David was so many other bad things, right? David was a murderer, right? David hurt people, right? David killed people. I mean, David did some nefarious stuff. So why is he there? Why is he in Scripture? I think one of the reasons why David is in Scripture is David is in Scripture to give us an example of no matter how bad things get because of sin and because of me and because of my pride and because of my ego and because of all these things and your pride and your ego, no matter how bad things get, I think the reason why David's in Scripture is because David always ran back. And to David, it wasn't it wasn't starting over from square one with God. It was, I'm just going to come back home. And I think that's the attribute of David that God called a man after my own heart. Because what we can do, we can find ourselves in our lives, man, I'm so tired of getting it wrong. I'm tired of not doing things right. I'm tired of not getting things right. And what we can do is instead of running back to God and running back into his arms that are full of compassion, into his arms that are full of mercy every single time, and he does not count those wrongs, and he does not, love doesn't count wrongs. And instead of running back into his arms, what we tend to do is we justify why God can't accept you. And where does that justification of how come God can't accept me? Where does that come from? It comes from what has happened to you in your life. Because when you fail people, when you haven't done things right at your job, when, when, when you've let people down, you take their reaction of what you've seen over the years and you put that on God. So you say to protect yourself and to protect your heart, I'm never going to go through that again. So why would I run back to somebody or anybody again? I'm not going to do it. So we'll go deeper down into this hole to where we just keep living the way that we want to live rather than running back to God. So you see why David is so important? That David just kept running back over and over and over. But then watch this. Look at verse 39. So not only is God full of compassion, not only did he forgive their iniquity, he didn't destroy them. He turned his anger away from them, and he did not stir up all of his wrath all, all these things God is doing either side of the spectrum. But then watch what God does, verse 39. God remembered that they were just flesh. A wind that passes away and comes not again. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert? Yes, they turned back and they tempted God and they limited 
Ooh, that's a big word. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. You know why, if you're doing things right, you feel like you're not doing enough? You know why you're doing things, if you're doing things wrong, that even if you could come back to God, he wouldn't accept you? Do you know why we ask that question? I, I Am I just, am I tired of getting it wrong? You know why we do these things? Because ultimately it comes down to verse 41. We tempt God. How do we tempt him? Because we limit the Holy One of Israel. God, I'm doing things right. I'm trying my best. I've sacrificed the things I needed to sacrifice. I've, I've given up things. I'm working to become better. And all these things I've been trying my hardest to do for so long. And why does it still like, why does it still feel like I'm not enough for you? Why does it still feel like I can't get it right? Ultimately, why does it seem like things have gotten harder? Because in your mind, you've limited God of what he can do for you. Lord, I'm doing things wrong. I know I need to run back to you. I know I need to get better. I know I need to grow with you. I know I need to come back to the Lord. I know, but I've done it before. I've came back and left six months later. I've came back and left a year later. I came back and left two years later. It gets harder every single time. So every time I come back, people accept me, but then when I leave, they talk about me. Then they come back and they accept me, and I leave and they talk about me. So why am I going to keep going on this teeter-totter with you and with God's people? Why am I going to keep doing that? And even if I could come back, and even if I could do things correctly, what can you really do with a person like me? You know the life that I've lived, the things that I've done, the places that I've been, the things that I said, the places, the, the things that I would do, and you say that you can use somebody like me? Even your own people don't think I can be used. So why do, why do I think you can use me? God's people don't think I can be used because of who I am. You know why you ask all those questions? Because you tempt God and you limit him. I'm going to be real with y'all as we kind of study this. This is very eye-opening for me. There's been so many times, and even recently, there's been so many times where I've tempted God by limiting what he could do based off of how the world works, if that makes sense. And so sometimes what we can do is off of, off of you know, opinions of you off of where you where you personally think you can go um you know sometimes we just have the thought that man how can God really use me we limit what he can do and this goes all the way back to the forefathers like Abram you know Noah Joseph all the why were they so successful when things seemed so impossible and you, y'all know if you listen to this podcast long enough, you guys know Joseph is is one of my guys. But the reason why all these guys were so successful and women were so successful successful in Scripture with God is because there were times where they didn't know where they were going, just like you. There were times where they were mentally drained, just like you are. There were times where the facts just didn't make sense, just like they do for you. They don't make sense. 
All these things, they felt just like you feel them. But the difference between them and us is that despite all those things, they did not tempt God and they believed him. They didn't limit him. And the reason why we ask that question and I ask that question sometimes, we ask that question, are you tired of getting it wrong? Is because ultimately the root of that question is somehow in my life, I've limited what God can do for me, what God can do for you. Now, this is not a prosperity gospel in terms of, well, you know, uh, you're, you're limiting God financially. We're talking all in the spiritual realm of things. God using you, God, God doing things through you. You can limit him. And that was the children of Israel's problem. God can't really do what he said he can do. Man, just that's so, but, you know, really quick, as we're just kind of a correlation to uh, verse 41, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, and we've looked at this before, but this is just really good just to keep in mind. Hebrews chapter 11, um, man, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. You know what's included in faith that sometimes I don't have, to be honest with you? You know what's included in faith? Yeah, we understand verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Those are the definition of of spiritual eyes, verse 1. Understand that. But you know what else is a part of faith? Another part of faith in using those eyes is not putting God in a box and it's not limiting God to your fears and it's not eliminating eliminating God to the fears of others too. Faith is not limiting God at all, at all, not through your own mind or what other people say. It You have to trust that the Lord can use you in whatever way. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God, to the person that has unlimited power, that we limit and put in a box, He that cometh to that powerful God must believe that God is limitless, that he is, that he's always been, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We've mentioned this before, but this is real. You can walk through life, and this is, and you might be here. You can walk through your spiritual life. And you can have all the belief in the world that God's going to provide for everybody else. But if you don't have the belief that he will provide for you, he won't. And that provision for you may look different than the provision for somebody else. But guess what? God still provided. And just like we looked at yesterday in Exodus chapter 16, if that means this is my manna for the day, I'm satisfied and I'm full. I gotta, I'm okay with that. Why? Because the Lord fills me up. Blessed is he, Matthew chapter 5, that hungers and thirsts for righteousness, right? All these things, but we cannot limit God, right? We cannot limit who he is, and we cannot limit what he can do. 
it, it's just it's an amazing thing. But notice how the notice how the chapter ends in Psalm chapter seventy eight. All these things that they were doing, as you continue to read from forty two to sixty four, they provoked his anger. They tempted him. Uh, they turned back and kept not his testimonies. Uh, verse fifty six. All these things that they were doing. But then verse sixty five. Then the Lord awaked as one out of his sleep, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine. And he smote his enemies in the hinder parts, and he put them to a perpetual reproach. He refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah. And Jesus came from that tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built his sanctuary like high places in the earth he has established forever. And notice the person that we used before, notice who he chose. And he chose David, his servant, verse 70. And he took from him sheepfolds. And from the following lambs, great with young, he brought them to feed Jacob with his people and Israel. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Don't miss verse 72 as, as we kind of close these thoughts. He fed them with David and the people of Israel according to the integrity of his heart. One thing that God has that, that we don't have sometimes is integrity. If God said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, if the reason why you don't come back to him is because of what you think of what's going to happen when you come back to him or by what other brethren might think when you come back to him again, oh, there she there she goes coming back. There he goes coming back to God. It's only a matter of time before they go back out again. It's only a matter of time, but we'll accept them while they're here. We'll accept them while they're here. But you know the track record, so you know what's about to happen. You see, what we do is we take all those things and that convinces us not to trust the integrity of God's heart. And brother, brethren, that's the importance of us because what we can do is by our actions and what we say and what we think and because of our own mistrust in God and limiting him for us and other people, we can convince other people that God does not have integrity of heart. And shame on us if that has been us. Yeah, what if somebody comes back 90 times, God's heart is still full of integrity for them. And we better preach that to them. We better preach that to them because they need it more than anybody. God has integrity of heart, even if others around you, and even if they happen to be brethren, don't believe it. Come back. He has integrity of heart. Maybe we don't. Maybe we don't, but he does. Come back to him. But then watch this. Not only does God have integrity of heart, he's faithful, 1 John chapter, chapter 1, but then he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. You know, don't we sing a song about, you know, God is the potter and I am the clay? The Lord's hands are so skillful, and I love the image that he uses when he talks about himself as the potter 
and we are the clay and how he creates different creations with pieces of clay. And so as we look at this and as we look at the topic of what we talked about, are you tired of getting it wrong? The reason why we ask that question, one of them, as we kind of close these thoughts is because sometimes we feel like even if we're doing things correctly or we're doing things wrong, regardless of how we feel, sometimes we feel like where we're going, if we're a piece of clay, sometimes we feel like God is not at work doing something because every day you're kind of seeing the same things. So you're not seeing anything built up to something. You're not seeing the grand crescendo. You're not seeing that. So because you're not seeing the parts and the pieces that it takes and the hurt and the pain and the disappointment and the heartbreak and all the things that it takes for you to get to that crescendo, because you see all those all those bad things in succession, whether you're doing things right or wrong, then sometimes you feel like you're not guided by the skillful hands of God. But you are guided by the skillful hands of God. That goes back to not limiting what he's doing with you. By looking at the here and now. So regardless of where you are today, as we looked at just literally one Psalm and Psalm 78, whether you're in the spectrum of, man, I'm trying to do things right, but I feel like I'm not enough. Or you're in the spectrum of, man, I'm just doing things completely wrong. But even if I could come back, I would never be enough anyway. What what we got to do on both sides of the spectrum. We can't limit God. Don't limit what he's doing for you if you're doing things right. Don't limit what he's what he can do for you if you're doing things wrong. Trust his integrity. Trust that he's he wants you to run back to his heart every single time, regardless of what people say, regardless of if 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 people's tired of seeing you coming back and go and leave and go and leave and go. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what brethren think. Well, they're back in their fourth. They're back in their fourth. They're back in their fourth. Trust the integrity of God's heart and don't trust the fickleness of mine and other people's heart. Don't trust that. Trust God and trust his heart. So if you've come back and forth six times, keep coming. Keep coming. And then understand on both sides of the spectrum that you are guided by the skillfulness of his hands. He's using the stuff that you don't see. He's using the stuff that maybe you can see. And he's molding you into something for him. It might not be grand where people know your name, and it might not be grand where, you know, you're you're this spectacle and you can do just all these things. And if you can do those things, wonderful, do those things. But sometimes, you know, you just might be this small piece in the corner. Just be faithful, whatever, whatever God puts you, but you got to trust the skillfulness of his hand. So are you tired of getting it wrong? Maybe we've been doing all those things to be honest with you guys. As I've looked at that, I've done all of them. Verse 41, I've limited him. Verse 41, I haven't trusted the integrity of his heart at times, verse 72. And sometimes I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I'm not really guided at the end of verse at the end of verse 72 by the skillfulness of his hands. I feel like things are waste. Uh, that was a waste of time. Why why did I do what? You know what I mean? So it feels like you're not being guided. But you are. Just get better and trust in God and trust in these things. 
and don't put our human attributes and don't put what you've seen people do and how people react and what people think and people's fears and people's doubts and people's limits. Don't put those things on God because he has none of those like we do. Trust in that and in him. Keep trusting in him. Y'all see why I said, (laughs) y'all see why I said this is going to be another one. Man, I just, I loved looking at this because I can't wait to use this to help some other people and share this podcast with somebody else because you know you might need it. You know somebody else might need it. Share it with somebody else and help somebody. If you know somebody that's just been gone, that's just been gone, give it to them. Hopefully they can come back and they can see They can see all these things about God that maybe they've missed and maybe you've missed. So, man, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Again, you won't be the first one. If you need help, send a DM, you know, send a message, send, send whatever, you know, through social media, leave a comment on YouTube, leave a comment on all these social media platforms and become the, become part of the family here at when the scriptures become real and let us help you and let us become a part of, of your journey and your walk with God. So, Uh, Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, Lord willing, we will be back next week with another uh, with another pod. Thanks, guys.